Welcome to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. I'm your host, Heather, and today I'm with my co-host, Shayna. Hello. Hello. And our guest today is Diana from Latvia. Lovely to meet you guys. And do you Lovely go by Di or Diana? Diana. Let's go formal. Di intimidates yeah. people. Okay. It's only for people who are ready for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Diana from Latvia, what brought you to Sweden? Oof. Well, I've had a bit of an, an obvious journey, considering that I come from Latvia, because you'd think it's next door, right? You'd think she'd right. go direct in one line, shortest way possible. But no, no, no. <laughs> Diana decided to go to England first. So when I graduated high school, it was the same year or just the year after Latvia joined the European Union. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, quite a lot of us left home. Which uh, is sad if you think about it in a global manner, but it's quite realistic because if you're if you're brought up or if you're born in the Soviet Union, it gets programmed into your head since you are a toddler that you study hard and then you get the hell out. It's uh, very terrible, but such is life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look back to my parents who barely traveled until the 90s, obviously. I think my mom at one point, she was like a good girl at school. So she got a trip to London, you know, like <laughs> that's it. Um, my dad went to Bulgaria. It was very proud. So, I mean, that's not really uh, a lot of travel. And it's like a few days of exposure to a different culture before you're coming back, get brainwashed into making sure that you don't adopt any values that are not welcome <laughs> mm. where you're actually from. Right. So when they when people could travel, they very willingly did. And especially as, you know, the economy grew, the wealth grew people got more and more sort of extravagant and experimental with it. So I do think that potentially explains why not just my parents' generation is so hungry to explore their world, but also our generation. I, I think just when I when I moved, I was everybody's first Latvian. We're just kind of cute. Your university was like, you're from where? What is this, Narnia? And it's really cute because, okay, I'm going to carry the weight of the entire reputation of my country. We better make it fun. But now everybody has had the first Latvian. I'm nobody's first Latvian. Aww. You're really first sad. Latvian. Yeah, I think Am you're I? Mine too. <laughs> it's cute. Ah, I made an impression already. Is this good? <laughs> no, no, but um, it, it's kind of, I see people, I don't know, I follow on LinkedIn a girl who uh, is a PhD cultural scientist at Reddit and she's Latvian. Mm. And I'm like, we go places yep. on the way That's here right. on Instagram. I followed this guy who is a Latvian name and he like does hikes in the U S and is a massive nature influencer. I was like, it, it makes me proud, but it also ma- makes me feel like it kind of enables me to think bigger because if you come from a small country by default, you don't have a mindset of, I will achieve stuff. Mm. Americans can achieve stuff, right? Mm. I'm just a nobody. But now because it's been like 15 years, we, are all coming to terms with the fact that other people have achieved stuff. And so that road is available, which I think is quite inspiring. Even uh, if our paths don't cross, even if I never raise my hand and say, I know where you're from, we got this in common. I find it fascinating to observe what paths people have chosen, what countries that they ended up with, doing what, because all of it is completely new. Mm -hmm. Especially if you think about things like career, employment, passions, if you come from a Soviet Union-driven society, there are certain quite large limitations of what is considered acceptable or even available to you. Mm. So by definition, by doing something creative, something that isn't money-driven, something that is much more about joy and connection, you're going against the grain of 
decades of what's been programmed into your brain or your parents' brain. And I find that that's, that's really freeing to, to witness more and more people do that. I've never thought about this until you just said it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you put it that's so why well. we're here, to open up these all new right. thought processes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so I did not at all answer England. your question about... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so London. London? Right, yeah, well, I came to the UK, I went to university, and then I ended up in London working in the advertising industry, which is what I really wanted to do. I liked being creative. I liked the psychological elements of figuring out what people want and what they say they want, which is completely different. Um, <laughs> I liked the idea of communicating well and choosing the right words. All of that was really my cup of tea, and you couldn't really do it particularly well in Latvia. So that's why I decided to learn that. And uh, worked in London for, I think I lasted after university, maybe six, seven years, uh, until I got this massive sort of, the, the hype cycle was over, right? Mm -hmm. You arrive in London, like I was, what, 20, maybe one, and you have big eyes and you want to soak up all the culture. I lived like close to Camden Town, obviously. That's nice. going to be amazing. You want to live that. I went to all the parties. I went to house and EDM and techno parties and I connected with people who were into their music. I watched all the weirdest art house cinema. I dated most interesting people. Let's <laughs> see how I corrected myself. Most interesting people. And I, I think that's great for your personal development. But if you actually get to the stage where you are trying to think what's ahead of me in life and what kind of lifestyle I want to have, mm. working super long hours, yeah. not getting paid enough to however long to live alone to, to live alone <laughs> yeah i was like 27 with five housemates yeah Do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it really it's not that inspiring after you've done it for a bit like yeah. the hunger for stimulation is still there but it's diminishing mm. but hunger for stability is opening up and shouting at you like crazy so i wanted a place where I would be able to, you know, live on my own <laughs> in a nice apartment in Stockholm in the city center. Pretty yeah. neat, right? Where I would be able to, frankly, have a very different kind of work environment yeah. because elbowing each other out of the way is kind of the game in London because if you leave, they'll find somebody else and underpay them instead. Mm -hmm. um, it's very cutthroat. I've done 14-hour days to, to get progression. I'm really glad that I did that and I've pocketed all those experiences and now I can leverage them and a lot of things comes easy, come easier, obviously. A lot of context is straightforward to me instead of having to dig into it. But at some point, you just want to see what the future holds. Yeah. And I started considering getting out of London. Um, I considered Amsterdam and Stockholm because strong creative community in both cities. But I lived with a, um, a Swede and a Dane and we got on super well. I also snowboard a lot and I always meet Swedes. So I thought, well, you know, I was actually Swedes abroad on the snowboarding holiday are completely different from yeah. Swedes in Sweden. Yeah. And they, I was like, guys, I'm disappointed. <laughs> really disappointed. And uh, creative creatives i worked with a bunch of creatives from uh, from stockholm so i thought this is kind of safe i know what to expect came here uh with my friends for a while and the uh the phrase i usually use to explain how i felt about stockholm first time was here as a grown i've been here a bunch of times before it was like oh it's like riga my hometown managed to get its shit together <laughs> <laughs> so this culture similar lifestyle similar ish architecture exactly the same food culture very similar yeah um music i mean it's a lot closer to who i am compared to the british culture mm. which i have forced myself to 
grow into and adapt into because you kind of assimilate. Of course, at, yeah. At that younger age, you think that's right, and I will become that. <sighs> and then at some point, you're like filtering what is the real me and where what do I want to be. about making friends? I mean, I've been here for five and a half years. Really tricky. Two of them COVID. And I'm the kind of person who's like, oh, I'll be really careful with COVID even though I was probably among the first people in Sweden to get COVID <laughs> without realizing it and then be terrified of getting it. Mm -hmm. Like I drove myself downwards in this spiral of doom. So that, that gives me three years of socialization, right? Instead mm -hmm. of five and a half. Last year was a bit tricky as well with the war because when you don't want to give energy because you have none and you don't want to affect people negatively. So I kind of went into my cocoon mm. of misery mm -hmm. um, until I realized that exposure to death makes you feel alive, makes you search for connection and joy. Mm. So actually it, the, the pendulum swung in both direction within like a quarter, <laughs> like three months. Woo, whoa, okay. And then I went really into connecting with people. Uh, I think to be quite frank, most of my friends are not Swedes. Mm. Mm. I know a few Swedes, but I wouldn't say that they're close friends. Mm. That said, I um, dated Swedes. <laughs> well, I was in a relationship with two Swedes, right? Not at the same time. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think anybody has know. clarified this with me before, but thank you. That's useful. <laughs> Maybe that's my way of getting to understand the culture in some sort of subconscious Share yeah. perform. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've been talking to somebody about it a few days ago that, of course, you get attracted to somebody who can navigate their world well. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're a local, mm -hmm. you by default navigate their way. In, in the UK, I dated Brits again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just happens to be that way. Talking about the world of dating. Oh, very smooth. She <laughs> <laughs> me I, know, I mean, I find it quite fascinating. I mean, like, what is it like dating in a country like here? Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time, it, it depends, right? I, I, I know that we live in the age of apps, right? And you kind of have to be on the apps. But naively, last year, I actually dated somebody for a while that I met in the real world. How did you do that? <laughs> oh, I hope she oh, wouldn't no. go there. <laughs> <laughs> she and I had a bar <laughs> where I really wanted to feel alive that night. <laughs> <laughs> how, how does it work though because i i met my husband on the internet so it's yeah. not quite the same so in sweden if you meet somebody at a bar how does this work because i have trouble thinking of swedes a, like approaching like the pickup line you mean like what's the what's the move yeah oh um, yeah yeah no <laughs> did you, no, okay, actually, good question. Do you make the first move or do they make the first move? Oh, my God. Load of question. I think it depends. It's like I'm such a management consultant. Well, Gina, there are various <laughs> factors that go into the decision making. Part of me wants to say I'm quite old school and traditionalist and the guy should make the first move. The other part of me is like, I'm 34. There's not going to be a good pickup line. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of filter people quickly on like, this could work yeah. and this could not. Um, but what, like, what's the banter like? Because I think that says a lot about dating, or at least just making friends. If you can have a really good conversation, can you find those people quickly, or is it really dry? Like, so how's the weather? I, I think that well, this this goes to bars and dating apps at the same time. Mm. So, for example, if you meet somebody, uh, talk to somebody on the dating app, you meet up. I can tell within the first like five seconds that not that like oh I'm not attracted to you. Yeah, like, obviously I can tell that, but. You know, it can grow if everything else is funny and the charisma is there. Mm. But I can tell you can't handle me. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I know, I see you, I see your posture, I see how you look and where you look. You can't handle me. Okay, so what are the signs? Uh, well, I I think I've have considered adding the line zero percent lagom on my profile. <laughs> <laughs> it we should explain though for, yeah, for yeah, people yeah. who don't live in Sweden that lagom is a kind of a Swedish thing that means you're just right in the middle, very average, and it's what a lot of Swedes aspire to be or are supposed to aspire think, to be. Uh, yeah, you're not yeah, better exactly. than anybody else, but you're no worse than anybody yeah. else. Like semi skimmed milk. So. Is it, I have yes. a friend, and her tagline is so not mela milk. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. See, okay, gonna do that. Yeah, because. There are parts about Sweden that really work for me, lifestyle-wise, yeah. right? I think the fact that it's a safe, that it's a very feminist society, mm. it definitely did me a lot of favors in terms of my self-perception, how I behave at work, how I believe that, yes, I will take the space, I will take the seat at the table, whatever. It allowed me to come out of my shell more the way that London wouldn't have ever. Mm -hmm. So I think I pro I saw that within the first two or three years, and I, I do think it massively affected my actual personality development. Mm -hmm. So that works for me in Sweden. What works for me less is... Um, Ooh, I don't know how to phrase it in a way that's polite. I find that there seems to be lack of ambition, not in everyone. And there's brilliant entrepreneurs here with huge ideas that mm. have done really well, which I think is a huge difference, right? If you are the person that puts their hand up and say, I'm going to do this, she's going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they push you forward and they open the doors and they kind of like really, you know, like in curling, they, uh, they, <laughs> they, they brush, they sweep in yeah. front of you, right? And they're like, you go, 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 go. But that's because the norm, and I don't know, no, I don't want to put a percentage of it, like 90 or 70, is to have the nine to five credible sort of job lifestyle with um, predictable career development milestones in the suburban house and a family. Mm. And I've, upon reflection, realized that I am 0% that person as well. Mm -hmm. Like that does not inspire me as an outcome of my life. I want to live a more adventurous life, a more authentic life to all my weirdnesses, <laughs> like, and what I actually want, what gets me excited and out of bed every morning. And yeah, it takes a while to to find your way to that pathway and, and that format of, of lifestyle. It's a bit like a little, you know, in the arcade games when the when the ball goes left and right and left and right and then somewhere going in different direction to find which one is the ultimate way. Yeah. But um, I don't think that's the norm in any condition. The norm is here's a pathway, follow it. Going back to the dating thing, a friend of mine, not a friend, she's actually my dance teacher, but uh, she's Norwegian and she has a hell of a personality because, you know, she's a dance teacher, obviously. And I talked to her about, hey, I'm on Tinder. Oh, it's just like, uh, ROI on time is really negative right now. <laughs> Most of the lines are, hey. <laughs> I'm not replying to that. I wrote a pretty damn good profile. I'm into most sports. Get at me with any line. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, I have, it's made for guys. Like, I know my target audience. I'm in marketing. <laughs> right? Hey is bad. And she said, oh, all right. So what I used to do, I used to ask them like three questions and I see them or not see them. And one of the questions was, have you ever lived abroad? Yep. And that's how she filters out the Swedes that are maybe too lagom from the other ones. Yeah. And at first I was like, that's really judgmental. I don't know. It can be anything. But... <laughs> I mean, I've gone on the dates with those people who have never lived abroad, uh, take comfort as default, so they don't really see this Swedish comfort as joyful. Like, to me, I still am a little bit like, oh, my God, this society works. This yeah, is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You what? Uh, incredible. But 
they they might even go as far as as to understand that they've had it easy and that they're a little bit spoiled and that they haven't been pushed in life. But, you know, I feel like they've lived one life and I've lived three because I've, you know, I've ended up at 17 being in a country where I thought my English was impeccable and then somebody says, fair enough. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, what is this? Are we supposed to keep talking? Uh, is this the end? Do you hate me? Yeah. Is it fair? Is it enough? Like, you know, uh, how? like I, I had to figure out where to live on my own, how to earn money, all the paper. And my parents didn't know because they're from a different world. Yeah. Nobody can help you. So you dig and you slam your head on the wall to try to figure out that's growth right yeah and then if you have to do it again you're way more ready mm. you're far less like worried about it and you just have this faith in yourself yeah. that you'll be able to swim out of tricky situations and then you sit there with a guy who's like mm, it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah but did you do any crazy shit that <laughs> harmed you emotionally and you're still recovering from because <laughs> that's fun <laughs> and sometimes sometimes i i do meet swedes that uh, are have always lived here yeah. but they have a parent from a different culture or actually I, like I met two Swedes most recently um, one woman one man and I am on the same sort of like spectrum like have you lived abroad have you traveled and have you not and I'm always kind of like those are your three questions oh you're not well, no, 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 but I'm like but the spectrum yeah. right and like <laughs> the people that haven't traveled or lived abroad are usually like the more no offense like the more closed yeah the more melamyuk the more closed-minded but I have two people that I met, a man and a woman, both in separate things, uh, separate events. And they were so inquisitive and curious and creative and this. And I'm like, and I was quizzing the girl and I said, like, what's your background? Like, are your parents international? Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just curious. And then she was just so open. She told me some of the things that she does. I'm like, that's so, it breaks my. But is she the exception that just confirms the rule? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, there's always going to be know. one or two out of a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't. It's mathematical. You can't make it all work, right? So, since you had an issue with your English, what about Swedish? I speak Swedish to a level where, for the first five minutes, they might not know that I'm not a Swede because I look like a Swede. Mm -hmm. Really helps fight fight xenophobia is if you look like your target nation. Sorry, <laughs> uh, maybe that's dark, but you know. Yeah, I'm lucky and it's twisted at the same time. Like, but I, you know, I'm a blonde girl that looks like them. Mm. But then you're like undercover. Yeah, exactly. You know? Which they're going to they're going to tell you stuff that they think, you know, wink, wink, another Swede. How vile do you do think they, they are to have those stories? They really that... are not. I swear, before I spoke Swedish, I'm like, what are they talking about? Are they talking about me? Are they talking about this? Nope. They're talking about the weather. They're always talking exactly. about there the is, weather. I mean, I don't think anything that has come up so far that is like, mm, damn, I want to no. know more of that. No, but it, it gets me in social situations. I'm okay. If I have to go to the bank and sign a mortgage, I did it in Swedish. Mm. Whoop, whoop. All right. Doctors. Doctors is the only time where I'm mm. like, I do two, three minutes in Swedish. And they're like, can you, can we please like just confirm this whole in English? Because, you know, like if you have a broken bone, it better be on the right leg. Or yeah. yeah. Aren't, like, you know, yeah. like if you're you going to have an operation, I yeah. want to know like what am I supposed to take before or after? Yeah. You, yeah. There's really no room for error. And everybody speaks English and they're kind of respectful of you because you attempted and they know that you're good enough. Yeah. Uh, so that really works. And, you know, pensions, I sorted that in Swedish. So wow. it, it's all right. However, this is funny, actually. I, if I date, it's in English. It, and I've thought about it. Like, mm, maybe I should try harder. Because I had that with an ex-boyfriend. He was a Swede. And I realized there is a little bit of a language barrier at times where 
it was hard for him to express himself, but also um, emotional vulnerability might be the reason it was hard for him <laughs> to express himself. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Boom. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you never think. My husband always says, he's like, you know, I'm funny in English, like, and he's really funny. He's like, you should hear me in Swedish. And I'm like, I, am I ever <laughs> going to unlock that level of him? Like, <laughs> oh, really? But you yeah. understand Swedish jokes, surely. No, but I mean, like, you know, there's the uh, yeah. under, yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, that's that's different a whole with the whole background yeah. of where you come from and and things. There's yeah. some, and let's also we'll think about being get. in an international relationship. There's always going to be that thing that you'll never be able to achieve. Like, if I were to date someone from Canada, yeah, you know, we would have those jokes that like Mr. Rogers and dress up thing. Like, and it wouldn't make sense in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but then again, I don't. Cultural I don't want to talk about Mr. Rogers. So, well, I yeah. came to the conclusion uh, that I'm right <laughs> Good. Good. because Swedish is my fifth language. Fifth. So, hang on. So, if a guy can't speak his second language well enough for me to connect with him, we got a problem. Can we homie. just do the like? Okay. So, so what languages do we have? We have. My first language is actually Russian, which is weird for Latvian, but not that weird. And we don't talk about it a lot in 2023, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, Latvian is my second one. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. kind Are they of similar? N- absolutely not. Okay. It's a different language tree, different alphabet. La- Latvian is one of the oldest European languages. Really? Yeah, I love is. that. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Is that what you researched? That oh, that's is amazing. What I I'm, so I'm proud Latvia. We did that. Latvian. She doesn't even know. I know Latvian and Lithuanian have their own freaking language tree. Like na- nations with so little, so few people. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So like, guys, Russian. really? Like we needed that. <laughs> Russian, Latvian. Then English happened. Yeah. Uh, I studied German as well. Yeah. And mm. then Swedish. Wow. My German, I can kind of understand. Yeah. So there was actually like a few people at lunch sat next to me speaking German I was like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> uh, I I kind of lost my ability to speak it because when I was learning Swedish I realized it's very similar to German it borrows a lot of grammatical structures mm. and some of the words so like Swedish kicked out German out of my mm. head but you know I was snowboarding in Austria recently I've spent a lot of time in Switzerland last year Swiss German yeah oh, Swiss German Jesus Christ it's a mess but <laughs> but like I can understand I yeah. can get by like yeah. I'll know what is what I'll find my way so yeah it, it's my fifth if it's your second be so kind mm. step up mm. i think it's fair <laughs> i think so too yeah i just wanted to give you one more shout out for latvia uh, <laughs> that I, I also discovered today that pringles are invented in <gasps> latvia. are you what? serious isn't that awesome i did not what? know that pringles the way that they're so thin and the way that they're shaped in the special um camp- did we uh, like camp- do by accident or something because it just sounds no idea. ridiculous i didn't so everybody else go google that and figure oh it God. out what's really watch interesting the uptick of pringle sales like thank you you're welcome support our economy yes. we right. need this right now <laughs> but we need it always mm-hmm. just to give you a little extra blue jeans are invented by a latvian levi strauss he funded the okay. Latvian who invented blue jeans. Hmm. So, you know, we also claim Marco Rothko, the painter. Yes, which is interesting because I'm from outside of Houston uh-huh. and we have the Rothko Chapel. Do you think that he's Latvian? Because us claiming it doesn't mean that it's reality, right? Like, we'll can claim anything. Like, we have a shortage. <laughs> I do not know enough about him, but it never crossed my mind that he might be Latvian. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
so. Okay, we need to claim louder. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, we do have some good basketball players and hockey players. Big so hockey nation. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah that's, I think that's kind of the default sport. I, uh, I have so many hockey jerseys of Latvian national team. Very I don't cool. know. It's kind of in your blood. You have to. We're a small nation, so when we get good, yeah. right. we are all very something. proud, like aggressively happy. Love mm-hmm. it. And Love it. We paint our faces. We sing the songs. We do, It doesn't matter. Like it's. I, I remember there was a, let's say 2000 or something, there was a game where Latvia was playing Russia and beat it 3-2. Wow. I don't know if it's 2000, but it definitely happened. I'm not dreaming this time. <laughs> and the city stood still. Wow. You could go into any store and you ask, how are they doing? And they'd tell you the score. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, her, her, her mother was a doctor and she was accepting patients and was, was playing in the background. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We just pause this. X-ray. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> I was going to say, please tell me it wasn't the middle of surgery. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite that bad. But everybody was obsessed and it's just what we have in common, right? You, we yeah. also nice. do have a UNESCO, I believe, backed singing and uh, song and dance festival. Right. Have you heard about that? Yes, mm-hmm. I have heard about that. I'm very Which much into month. folk songs and dancing. And yeah, it's like tens of thousands of people coordinated mm-hmm. folk dancing. Never been, but if I had gone to a Latvian school, I think that would have been part of my culture and I probably mm-hmm. would have gone. Play instruments, choir, dance. Mm. It's impressive. Like, I watched it on YouTube recently, just showed someone. I was like, yeah, that's what we do in my country. And I was like, damn, <laughs> that's what we do in my country. Um, yeah, so uh, we are quite a melodic nation. We do like music. We yeah. don't produce very much internationally known music apart from a few hiccups, uh, positive hiccups at Eurovision. Ac- ac- happy accidents at Eurovision, yes, yes. let's call them. Yeah. I think everybody plays an instrument. Everybody yep. kind of had to as a child or dances or both or sings. I did all three when I was little. So it is kind of the norm. Okay. We should really do better, actually. I feel <laughs> let's leave at that. You're, yeah. Latvia. Latvia. You're yeah. keeping it to yourself, though. We, we got the athletes. Can we sort out the musicians, please? I think We got a so. lot of soul yeah. to give. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will wrap this up by reminding everybody that if you live in Stockholm, it's very easy to take a ship to Latvia, to Riga. It's a very popular, and those ships, the booze cruise ships, (laughs) are are quite quite cheap. And if you want to go in the summer, beautiful beaches all along Latvia. Or a 45-minute flight. Yeah, 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 yeah. But (laughs) the ship is more unique. Definitely a unique experience, (laughs) believe me. I have a dog, so I take that ship and, oh boy, things I've seen. Yeah, (laughs) kind of like the subways. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for for having me. me.